0: Friday night, Scott Kaplan on 710 ESPN. WWE champion Drew McIntyre is going to join us here in a matter of moments. Jesse and Curtis, you guys let me know when the champ is ready to roll. It's the Royal Rumble this weekend in Tampa. How about Tampa, Florida? They won the Stanley Cup in hockey. Not that I paid attention. They were in the World Series. Paid attention to that because the Dodgers beat them. They've got Tom Brady and the Buccaneers in the Super Bowl in their home stadium. Obviously, I'm way into that. And even this upcoming weekend, they've got this massive wrestling show that's happening in their town. But one of the things we've been talking about every time we seem to talk to somebody, you know, player or broadcaster It's like, hey, what's it like? What's it like playing games there? I I was talking to, okay, here comes a full-blown name drop. This isn't like humble brag at all. This is this is just full-blown name drop right here. I I had Jim Nance from CBS Sports on my podcast recently, and you can see the video on my YouTube channel. And the thing that Jim was saying about this football season this year is that it wasn't fun. I mean, he's getting ready to go to the Super Bowl, and he's like, the season wasn't fun. It was not fun. So I wonder... I wonder about you know pro wrestlers wrestling without the energy of the crowd. Here is the WWE champion for the first time ever here on Scott Kaplan on seven hundred and ten ESPN. Drew, good evening. Glad you're here, man. How you doing?
1: Fantastic. Thank you very much for having me. I see the music in the background. Set things up nicely.
0: Yeah, man. Uh, where are you tonight?
1: I am currently driving back home to Tampa, Florida, from Fort Lauderdale, Florida, with the wife.
0: All right. Uh, hi, Mrs. McIntyre. Can you hear me?
1: Oh, she cannot hear you. is oh. regards, Mrs. Thank you for driving. I'm <laughs> I, not driving right now.
0: I thought I might have been on speakerphone, dude. <laughs>
1: No, no! I'm gonna to headphones in. I want to hear you clearly. I want to talk about WWE, Roy Rumble beating up Goldberg, and WrestleMania. Yeah, man, I
0: got a lot. Yeah. I want. I got a lot. I want to talk to you about, man. I, I really do. I'm. I'm excited that you're here. Um, I was. I was telling the guys because you know I got my two guys that are in our downtown LA studios that are so excited to have you on the show tonight, as I am as well. I was doing a ton of research getting ready for this, so I want to just jump right in, if you don't mind. You ready to go? Oh, well, I'm ready. All right, you got to tell me, how's a guy growing up in Scotland uh, become a WWE star? Because you just mentioned Fort Lauderdale. I grew up in Fort Lauderdale. I grew up on Florida Championship Wrestling, Georgia Championship Wrestling, which became WCW, Dusty Rhodes, Ric Flair, Harley Race. I mean, this was the era that I grew up in. I loved. Um, how did you, a kid in Scotland, grow up to love and become a WWE wrestler? Well, I was
1: always a huge fan of wrestling and since I was a kid my earliest memories my brother and I were watching wrestling and just like every kid wanted to be a wrestler wanted to be a soccer player where I'm from wanted to be an astronaut but as I got a little older you know other friends changed their mind and started getting more realistic about their goals you know I'm probably going to work with my dad in the office I'm and be an accountant a civil engineer and I never deviated from the wrestling my whole life as I grew up I knew this is what I'm going to do by the time I got to 15 years old, I'd found a wrestling school. Spent three years convincing my mother to let me go to the only school in the UK. It was a 24-hour round trip from where I lived just to go to learn to wrestle. And As often as I could travel, as often as I could afford, my mom and Nana would give me the money to go and learn to wrestle. I kept you know, talking about, I'm going to do this wrestling thing. Drew. That's an American thing. That's not a Scottish thing. Nobody in Scotland goes to the wwe but i pursued it like a madman i stuck it in my school. i got my degree from university at 21 years old in criminology and then at 21 i was also the first ever Scotsman signed to wwe i was just pretty, pretty much i was just too stubborn i was gonna make this happen one way or another
0: yeah i know i i know that drive i know that ambition so drew mcintyre is the wwe champ he's on tonight on scott kaplan on 710 espn so 21 years old you're you're already signing with the wwe is that right
1: Yep, signed at 21, got to America, was on television at SmackDown three weeks later.
0: How did that happen? Is it because you were going to this school in England? Is it because you were wrestling on other like tours over in Europe? How did that happen so quickly?
1: Uh, well, it certainly wasn't. You know, My talent level at the time, quite frankly, um, I was terrible. <laughs> when I first came to America, the standard in the UK wasn't great at the time. You know, I got signed based on my potential. You know, I was a young kid, a five, two 245 at the time, um, and just, you know, had the right look. And that's basically what it came down to. It just so happened the right people, the writers, the creative team saw me when I first arrived in America and thought, wow, this kid's somebody we could really put on television, could really, you know, give a great opportunity to, and they did. They put me on television, and they found out quickly on live TV that I had no idea what I was doing. So they mm-hmm. quickly took me back off television, Sent me to Florida Championship Wrestling that like you mentioned earlier to really learn uh, what I was doing, the American style of wrestling, and how to work for those cameras. Obviously, WWE is very you know gigantic with a huge audience out there. You got to play to those cameras, and I had no idea how to do that at the time.
0: So, when you were growing up, though, Drew, and you talked about wanting to be a wrestler, were you not as attracted to the interview um, as you were to the actual ring work?
1: Yeah, I was always attracted to, you know, being a wrestler, being in the ring. Was very introverted my whole life. And, you know, obviously I'm running around in my underpants. And to be a wrestler, you know, it's very funny to say I'm an introvert, even though that's you know, my, my work attire. But I hated the idea of talking on the microphone. And obviously the biggest stars in our industry, like Hulk Hogan, the Rock, Stone Cold Steve Austin, John Cena, very much known for their talking. So eventually you got to learn how to talk. I got very fortunate in Florida Championship Wrestling, that the chance to work with Dusty Rhodes. You know know yourself, if the audience out there that don't know is considered one of the most charismatic, excellent talkers in the history of wrestling, he really brought me out of my shell.
0: You know, Drew, um, I, I know this sounds a little corny, but it's probably three, four times a week where I watch Dusty Rhodes' Hard Times. You don't know what hard times are, Daddy. It's when the textile workers around this country can't pay their wages, can't buy their food. And I don't know why, but I I grew up loving Dusty Rhodes. You know, he was supposed to be the everyman. You know, I know I may not look like the athlete of the day is supposed to look. My belly's just a little bit big. My honey's just a little bit big. But I am bad, brother, and they know I'm bad. And there were two bad people, and I can keep going. But the point is... That's uh, what Dusty Rhodes did. did. Oh, dude, I know it all, man. But that's what Dusty Rhodes did, right? He, he talked. He was charismatic. Uh, it didn't matter what he looked like. That was part of the character. So it's amazing that you learned from Dusty Rhodes. That's, that's really incredible, man.
1: Yeah, I was sitting in his office countless times, and he would, you know, his faith in me was unbelievable. I didn't believe him half the time. He surely doesn't believe in this kid from Scotland. It could be one of the best things in wrestling. But remember, he gave me a new character. He wanted me to come out of my shell and he saw me as this young party playboy from Scotland where I would wear my kill all the time. I'd party across the world. and You know, you did your little dusty impression there. We've all got a dusty impression in wrestling. I remember him sitting me down. and go, this is how I see you, baby. I see you as this cool party animal, baby. You're going to party. You're going to party all across the world, daddy. You're going to be my champion. You're the man around here. You're going to be the biggest thing in wrestling. And sit there and just listen to Dusty say all this, they may be like, No, you can't believe all this, he can't mean all this But he meant it, he really brought me out of my shell without Dusty Rhodes, I would not be as confident a talker as I am now.
0: Amazing. Drew McIntyre tonight on Scott Kaplan on 710 ESPN. Drew is the WWE heavyweight champion, and he's going to be battling this weekend against one of my all-time favorites. I'm sorry to tell you, Drew, but Goldberg in the Royal Rumble. What's really interesting about having you tonight is that um, I was doing a bunch of research. and I called a friend of mine who was a college football teammate of mine, a guy named Matt Bloom. You know this name?
1: Oh, I know Matt Bloom very well. We yeah. spent time on the road together. We wrestled each other across the world, but I returned to NXT. So he's now in charge of NXT.
0: I said, Matt, I said, I'm having Drew McIntyre on the show tonight. Tell me what I, I got to know. And he told me this great story, and you, you alluded to it, that when you got here, you were young. You didn't know how to work the mic. You, you weren't confident, etc. And he told me the story about how you had to leave WWE and and go really hone your skills before you came back to WWE. I mean, it's... It, everybody brags about your story, which I think is, is really cool, but it, it kind of, you, you, sort of answered it at the beginning, which was you were consumed with this by, as a kid, you were going to make this happen. Even if they told you you had to go to the minor league, so to speak, to get yourself back. Is that right?
1: Yeah. They fired me.
0: They fired you. I
1: go to WWE 21 years old for eight years all I ever got fired and I had to look myself in the mirror and understand this was up you to know, when I first ran I had to be walking boy walk. and suddenly as the years passed by I felt like they owed me something which they didn't owe and they didn't owe me a thing. I was supposed to be living my dream, I wasn't putting the work in, I wasn't working out in the gym, I wasn't working my interviews, I wasn't trying to get better in all the areas I should be getting better at. And I, I got fired because of it. it was the best thing that could have happened to me because from that day over I promised myself I was going to put the work in Every single day from the first moment I woke up to the last moment I went to bed, I was going to be accountable. And at the
0: end of the day, I to say, no. All right, we got Drew McIntyre on the air tonight. He's breaking up a little bit. He's driving, like he said, from Fort Lauderdale, Florida, to Tampa, Florida. Drew, can you still hear me, man? Uh-oh. Jesse, did we did we lose Drew? Wait a second. Drew, can you still hear me? All right, this is live radio, dude. This is, this is what happens sometimes. And I really want to get him back on because he's telling this phenomenal story. It's really incredible to hear him say, and I know that he broke up a little bit, and I'll have him repeat it when we get him back, but to have him say, they fired me, you know? I, my dream was to be in the WWE. I'm 21 years old. He's this good-looking guy, this big guy who's coming from Scotland. They, they hire him, and they sign him based on potential, and he's not very good and he said i wasn't working out i wasn't doing the things i had to do they fired me and i had to go do the minor league circuit to get back to a point where this weekend it's the royal rumble all right jesse you let me know if we got him back if not here's what we should do let us hit the break so that we can try and reestablish contact with drew mcintyre because he's telling a phenomenal story i'm loving listening to it but i I just know I've been the listener many times where it's like, dude, I can't understand. I can't understand what he's saying. You're acting like it's not breaking up like we understand. No, I understand. I couldn't understand what he said either. So I understand your position. All right, hold on. Drew, you still yeah. got me? I'm back. You oh, thanks. Yeah. yeah. Dude, you, you broke up a little bit. Would you just go back to what you were saying about that you got fired? Would you just go back to that?
1: Oh, yeah. I was so upset. i will up on you. <laughs> um yeah yeah i got fired and um like i was saying um you know it was the biggest wake-up call of my life the wake-up call i needed and from that day forward you know i really worked my butt off and um, i traveled all across the world took whatever wrestling bookings i could take to get better in the ring uh would take any interviews like this any media opportunities i could get to better my talking all my weak areas i wanted to improve upon and that was in the ring and outside the ring you know, my wife was a bit of a trooper. Like, she worked hard on the man um, outside the wrestling because, honestly, I was just partying way too much at the time. I was burning the candle. Not at both ends. The whole damn candle was on mm-hmm. fire. And, you know, she helped calm that man down outside the ring. I worked in my game, and finally, when the time was right, I returned to WWE. I got fired. I was a boy. When I returned, I was a man, and I was a man looking to become champion.
0: Yeah, I love it, man. And now, what I think is kind of cool, because you mentioned you were 21 when you were signed. If you don't mind my asking, how old are you now?
1: i am 35 now
0: okay 35 and goldberg is 54 and i i was watching a podcast with him last night i i honestly i couldn't tell i've known bill for a long time and i really i'm telling you drew i couldn't tell if he was goldberg and he was saying this kind of stuff because he was really in goldberg mode or if it was billy like the regular guy who was giving his strong opinion here's what he was saying goldberg was saying on this podcast that his generation of wrestlers they're the old school they did it right etc you know typical stuff that older guys would say and criticizing what he said were the new generation guys like yourself who he's essentially calling soft and i'm telling you dude i really didn't know if he was in character mode or if he was kind of just giving you his real you know out of ring opinion have you heard this do you know about this
1: I mean, I've seen a few of the quotes from the interviews. I think every generation thinks they're the best generation and the toughest generation and the coolest generation. <laughs> it's just, I guess, you look throughout history, that's how everyone feels, but it's absolutely not the case. You know, I've been wrestling for, oh my goodness, 20 years now. And I've seen a couple of generations. And the in-ring talent we have now are the best in-ring performers of all time. If you look across the board in WWE, like all our, our superstars can do, from a technical aspect the high-flying aspect, It's never been better. And if you go back to the late 90s, early 2000s, watch those matches and turn the volume off, the in-ring standard wasn't great. The crowd were going wild. It was an awesome time for wrestling, some really cool characters. But the in-ring standard now is unbelievable. There's never been a better roster. We are hard-hitting as hell. I don't know where the soft things come from. So I'll tell you what, Sunday at the rumble goldberg's going to find out what the leader of the new generation can do and how soft i am when i kick his damn head off
0: yeah i mean dude he's 54 years old i mean take it easy will you i mean this guy's got kids he's got a family to deal with i mean take it easy on this guy will you
1: no he challenged me you gotta get in the ring with a champ you're gonna get knocked out and i love goldberg too i've been watching him since i was legitimately 12 years old and (laughs) drew when he was a kid could never imagine a world where he was world champion of course i imagine being champion one day but he didn't i didn't imagine being champion at rest on freaking goldberg so it's cool young drew is really excited but drew the champion of the world right now i'm sorry bill you get in the ring with mcintyre you get your head kicked off and it's simple as that
0: yeah hey dude when you were growing up i'm just curious like were there any of the wrestlers that you looked at that you said i plan to build my body to look like that guy And I know that probably sounds like a weird question, but I'd be curious to know if if you not only modeled your game, but your build after wrestlers from previous generations.
1: Uh, I mean, funny you should say game. Um, I remember when I was really working out hard, 14, 15 years old with my buddy. You know, the way Triple H used to uh, look in the year 2000, 2001, when he really came into his own as a main event player. I remember thinking, wow, he looks like such a cool badass. Just built like a Greek god. He had the long hair, wet, blowing water out there to some of the coolest matches. Was the baddest mofo on the entire planet. And I thought that, to me, was the ideal wrestler. So I guess Triple H, 2000, 2001.
0: Wow. All right. Triple H, man. Because I look at, remember, do you remember a guy ravishing Rick Rude? You remember him?
1: Oh, of course I remember ravishing Rick Rude. Yeah. Cool as hell.
0: Yeah, I mean, you guys. I mean, just physique-wise, I'm like, look, it looks like ravishing Rick Rude, you know. Uh, just uh, the work that you guys have to put in. Could you just describe, like, when you're traveling? And I realize the year has been different, but when you're on the road and you got to work out, and you got to eat right, and you got to hydrate, and you got to travel, and you got to you got to do all this stuff, it's it's hard to keep yourself looking the way you guys all look, you know, for TV.
1: Yeah, but you find the time. Um, You know, that's our job. I mean, it's the only job I've ever known. But when you're on the road four days a week minimum, sometimes two weeks at a time, traveling America, traveling the world, you know, it does get physically and mentally tiring. But realistically, like I've got a new perspective, you know, since the return to the company, I'm living the dream. If you love something that much, you put in the work. And if you want to be champion of the world, you certainly find the time to get the workouts in.
0: Yeah, right on uh and do i understand that you've got a new documentary coming out about your career is that right
1: um that'd be that'd be news to me i've got a couple in the WWE network
0: there you go Uh, (laughs) yeah that's the the, uh, 24
1: 24 special yeah yeah yeah, that's like um one of the the, our WWE is unbelievable if you look at our WWE network the documentaries the chronicles when they follow you know the man and women behind the characters they do such a good job and they really chronicled my story, like, unbelievably. And I feel like an old man. I'm 35 and wrestling a long time. But when you see your story on screen, then, you know, it'll bring a tear, you know, to a tough guy's eye when I see, you know, everything from, like, growing up in Scotland and the sacrifices my family had to make. And, you know, it tells the story of my mother. I won't get you know, into it. But she was such a big part of my life. She got sick when I was with WWE inevitably passed and kind of reliving that again and the downward spiral and finally rising back up and how important my wife was to my, you know, my success. It really showed, you know, these strong women in my life while also working my butt off to achieve my dreams. So feel like if you're looking for some inspiration, you know, check out that 24, uh, the WWE do incredible jobs with those documentaries.
0: in tampa and the champ drew mcintyre from the wwe is on scott kaplan tonight on 710 hey drew so my two producers are young guys who are big fans jesse and curtis i want to give you guys a chance to uh, say hello to and and certainly get a question in here with with drew tonight champ if you don't mind jesse what do you got here tonight
2: oh i have no question i mean he he already ripped goldberg a new one that's all i that's all i wanted Drew McIntyre could have promo on a show that I produced that's checked off the checklist, and I'm, I'm good. I'm all set. I'm going to okay. listen to that. I'm going to listen to that a lot.
0: All right, Spend Curtis, you thinking. got anything oh, for man. the
1: champ? You need, you need a couple of extra hours. If I'm going to rip Goldberg apart, I've got at least two hours in me that I can do. That's and exactly
2: and. how long we have on the show. Do you want to just go <laughs> rip Goldberg for two hours? I would gladly accept that. <laughs>
1: You remember the last time he was on a streak in WCW, 173-0, and, and they needed a cattle prod to take him down? Like Scott Hall gave him the cattle prod, Kevin Nash beat him. I talked about his new streak. Whenever he shows back up in WWE, every year he shows up, he challenges the champion, and he beats them. That's the new streak he's on. I said, I'm not going to need a freaking cattle prod to end his streak this Sunday. All I'm going to need is one Claymore. Oh, <laughs> love it.
2: Yes. Oh, I can't wait for that. I'll be watching closely on Sunday. Curtis, you got anything for Hell Drew yeah.
0: McIntyre here?
2: I do. Um, well, Jesse and I are marking really hard right now over Drew being with oh, us. Oh, extremely. But, so I kind of wanted to ask about this whole, you know, wrestling in the Thunderdome thing. How is that affected? Does it affect, you know, the the way you are trying to put that product out there when the fans aren't there and you're looking at 30,000 TV screens all over you?
1: Yeah, I mean, we're kind of used to it now, um, but it's... The times we're living in, the Thunderdome was just an amazing creation. Obviously, you saw the shows in the Performance Center, which is basically a warehouse with no fans. You know, that was a little more difficult. And Without our fans, there, our number one superstar. They really bring the emotion to the shows. But the creation of the Thunderdome, it's, you know, what you expect from WWE, you tune in. The lights, the lasers, the pyro, that bigger-than-life feel, and it feels awesome as a superstar as well to be in that Thunderdome. But the biggest thing of all... You know, was getting those fans back, even if it's just virtually, just to see their faces and to hear them over the speaker in real time is such a difference maker. For the fan at home, it's more palatable to watch. And as a superstar, it feels like, okay, we, we can't have the fans here, you know, physically, at least we've got them here virtually. And I know it's real time because the very first Raw, we had that Thunderdome. I asked the producers, I was about to walk to the ring, is this real time? Yes, true it is. Okay, I never told them what I was going to do. I just walked out live on Raw, no safety net, and said, I want everyone on the screens to give me a thumbs up right now. I was doing a little test live on the air, and I turned around and looked at the screens, a thousand people at a time, and time stood still. And I went, oh, God, he lied to me. There's a time delay. <laughs> and then every single thumb came up at once, like right as soon as I asked him to do it. It's just <laughs> I was panicking for a second, and I thought, man, this is really cool. We're back. And WrestleMania, you know, we're looking to be having fans in the building. We are having fans in the building. We're so excited to get them there physically. But the Thunderdome's been such a difference maker.
0: Yeah, WrestleMania is coming up. Let's see here. WrestleMania 37. This is in April. And um, this is going to be in the same stadium where the Super Bowl is going to be played. So Royal Rumble this weekend, Super Bowl next weekend. Um, you Did you say you live in Tampa, Drew?
1: I do. I live in St. Petersburg, very close to Raymond James Stadium.
0: Are you possibly going to go to the Super Bowl? Have you met Tom Brady in the last year since he's been in town? Tell me.
1: Um, I have not met Tom Brady yet. Um, I believe I'm part of some event prior to the Super Bowl. I've got Shaq's, um, what's it called? Shaq Bowl. i wife's just telling me Shaq Bowl I'm taking part in, which we're having a pre- a pre-Super Bowl event with a, you know, a bunch of celebrities and myself and the Miz will be taking part in funny challenges, and then I'm going to try and finagle my way into the Super Bowl. Now, so I can watch the game for one and see the Bucks doing well for once. We've so been terrible I Tampa. Also, I'm going to do some scouting for WrestleMania.
0: Ah, gotcha. Yeah, the, the Bucks were terrible. Are you are you picking Tom Brady and the Buccaneers, your hometown team, to win the Super Bowl in your hometown?
1: Of course, i got to pick the because Then all my neighbors and friends in Tampa be showing up at my door. <laughs> well, I'll beat them all up, but I feel bad for them when I beat them up. <laughs> but, yeah, it's cool to see the Bucks doing well. You know, Tampa's been on about a run. The, the hockey team did it. You've got the world champion living in Tampa, and if the Bucks can pull it off too, it'll be the town of champions.
0: That's right. All right. Uh, well, you know, in L.A., everybody goes, well, wait a second. You know, we got the Lakers and the Dodgers and in uh, Tampa. You know, had a chance at the Dodgers, lost that World Series. But, yeah, if the Buccaneers win the Super Bowl, I mean, Tampa has got the world champion at WWE. They could have the Super Bowl champ. They could have, well, they already did have the NHL Stanley Cup champions. Hey, um, Drew, before you go, we, we asked this question earlier to wrestling fans. I'd be curious to hear your opinion on this. And I tweeted this to you. And, by the way, I appreciate the follow on Twitter. That's very cool, man. What is your favorite
1: follow right before I started driving? So I didn't see any of the questions.
0: (laughs) Well, listen to this question. Take, Take Let me, let me know what you think with the Royal rumble this Sunday, we were asking this question. What is your favorite type of wrestling match? Is it a Royal rumble slash a battle Royal tables, ladders, and chairs, a cage, hell in the cell or war games, a submission. I quit or a lumberjack match, or maybe you've got another match. that's your favorite. What's your favorite kind of match to be in?
1: most of the ones without um, the weapons. Like, actually I don't mind the weapons themselves. It's the ones where I have to fall off high places. No tables, ladders and chairs. Recently I did a TLC match hurt like hell. AJ Styles messed up my knee good. It was hurting for about two months. The hell in the cell. I wrestled Randy Orton where I lost the WWE championship for a few weeks. I fell off the side of the cage and it's legitimately 15 feet high. It was the worst fall of my 20 year career. I bit through my tongue I thought I broke something in my back. It was a, a terrible, terrible fall. So basically, I'll go for that. You said Royal Rumble first. I'll go with the Royal Rumble since I won it last year, and that's the reason I got the opportunity at the WWE Championship at WrestleMania. So some lucky person, some lucky man, some lucky woman, are gonna, a woman's going to win that Royal Rumble on Sunday, and they're going to get that opportunity for the title at Mania like I did last year.
0: Are you just beating up on all the old like football player type guys? I mean, Goldberg this week, and you got Lesnar last year at WrestleMania. Uh... Yeah, man, you're just taking them all down. The champ, Drew McIntyre, WWE heavyweight champion. Hey, Drew, it is great to talk to you tonight. Thanks for all the time. Appreciate your wife driving so we could all chat. And thanks for calling back in when the phone broke up. It is great to talk to you. Good luck this weekend at the Royal Rumble. And any time, man, you are always welcome here, brother. Thank you.
1: No, thank you for having me. It's been great. We'll do it again in the future when things get back to normal. We're going to do it in person. I'm looking forward to that day
0: yeah me too man me too big time hey drew uh congratulations on all your success and the great inspirational story you told tonight we appreciate you man
1: Uh, thank you all take care guys
0: all right yeah drew mcintyre all right curtis what'd you think about that man
2: you don't know how giddy jesse and i are being here giggling like little school children oh i pop so hard cap I popped so hard, like, uh, I watched Edge on last year's Royal Rumble when AJ Styles made his debut. Oh, that was, that was, I. he just, I asked him to cut a promo and he did it. Just now? With with, uh, with Goldberg. Oh. <laughs> when we got him back, he cut a, a promo on Bill legitimately. We can yeah. feel it.
0: Yeah. That's cool, man. That was fantastic. Absolutely that was really cool. Absolutely terrific and yeah. fantastic.
2: But now next, we got to get Matt Bloom in here.
0: Yeah, you guys want Matt? Oh, he'll
2: do it. 110%. Yeah, so
0: this is my buddy played college football with this guy, right?
2: We have to get him just, oh, this is super selfish, but we have to get him because he's our link to the Good Brothers, who are Carl Anderson and Drew Gallows, who are by far my favorite. They're not in the WWE anymore. They're part of Impact and AW, but they are two of the funniest, two of the my favorite wrestlers of all time.
0: You know what I really loved hearing Drew McIntyre talk about? His is how? Well, no, I, I loved hearing him talk about the fact that he got fired and then it was Dusty Rhodes who told him, you could be great. This is what we're going to do with you. And and how Dusty believed in him and and taught him the art of the interview. Yeah. You know? D- D- and
2: Dusty had a lot of connection with uh, those superstars who are up top today because he worked really closely at that, you know, the performance center that the WWE has down there in Florida.
0: All right. Let me ask everybody a question. Did I lose you all tonight or or did everybody kind of get into that? Like, I'm I don't know this era of wrestlers the way that Jesse does or that Curtis does. I know the old school. And I'm just asking, did everybody to me? That was not a story about, hey, tell us about wrestling against this guy or tell us about this match. It was more like, tell us the story, dude, because this guy's a pro athlete. And, um, you know, whether it was, you know, working your way into the first round of the NFL draft and becoming a Hall of Fame player or living your dream of wanting to be a pro wrestler and then getting fired and having a look in the mirror and then battling back. And then now he's the champ and he's the star of it all. I found that to be really cool. Really, really cool, as a matter of fact. All right, stick around. We are uh, we are halfway through tonight. We've been getting these 90-minute shows tonight. Thank goodness we get the full three hours. Not only are we broadcasting on radio, but you can find us tonight on YouTube, on Twitter, Twitch, and Facebook, our live video stream, being brought to you by Puente Hills Toyota. Puente Hills Toyota is the house of yes. And let me tell you something. We appreciate them being a part of our video live stream. And by the way, they're loving it too. Because let me tell you something. You guys are cool with this. You guys are getting what we're doing. Yeah, if you're in your car right now, you're listening on radio. But when you get out of your car or if you're in your home right now, you can put us on your smart TV. By the way, if you do that, Tweet me, at Scott Kaplan. Let me see that you're watching on YouTube. Let me see that you're watching on Twitter. Take a picture if you've put us up on your big screen TV. Tweet me, at Scott Kaplan, and let me see what you're doing, where you're watching, what device you're using, et cetera. So we're out there because we know that wherever you are, that's where we want to be. It's Friday night. You want to jump in? You got it, man. Bring it. Eight seven 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 ten espn or 710 Listen, we got a lot to get to tonight. I want to get back to the Rams. I want to get back to the Lakers. And I saw today that a very, very famous sporting figure and a very, very famous figure around Los Angeles got his vaccination shot today. And guess what? A lot of people were like, why? Why? Why'd they give him the vaccination shot? Let me tell you who I'm talking about. Stick around. Scott Kaplan on 710 ESPN.